Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. Coming up, we'll talk a little football. Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, and football is the topic tonight. Right now, though, the busiest guy you know, the superstar himself, Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, you are the man. It's great to be back with you and Sam Fritz here in studio for some Saturday night IST. A lot to discuss. Let's start in college football, where the Indiana Hoosiers took their first loss of the season, now 3-1 and one, after falling to Cincinnati 45-24, to the second consecutive year that the Bearcats have gotten by the Hoosiers. Connor Bazelak, 31 of 66. He had 280 yards for the Hoosiers, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Solid day in the receiving core. Ten catches at 126 yards belonging to Cam Camper. So the Hoosiers will now try work back next week. Notre Dame, they defeat North Carolina in Chapel Hill, 45-32. The Irish led by Drew Pine, who had 289 passing yards, three touchdowns. Drake May, North Carolina's quarterback, he was even better. 301 yards, five touchdowns, zero picks. But the Irish survive, put up a couple defensive stands to hold North Carolina. Notre Dame now 2-2 two and two after that tough 0-2 start to the campaign. Right now, Purdue hosting Florida Atlantic in West Lafayette. Four and a half minutes to play in the third quarter. It's a 21-20 Purdue lead. No Aiden O'Connell tonight for Purdue. So the UCLA transfer, Austin Burton, takes the starting reins. Burton, a grad transfer, 16 of 22, 133 yards. He has tossed a pair of touchdowns, also has one pick. On the ground, Dylan Downing has 77 yards and a touchdown, all in the rushing department. Other scores from around the state tonight. Trine shutting out Center College 17-0. It was Denison out slugging Wabash 45-42. DePaul shuts out Worcester 59-0. UND 44, Ohio Dominican 38 tonight. No problem for Indiana Wesleyan over Trinity 63-6. And Marion blasts Missouri Baptist 45-7. No action for either Butler or Indiana State, the Bulldogs at Davidson on October the 1st. Indiana State travels to Northern Iowa on the same day. Let's talk some NFL, the Colts and the Chiefs. Tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. You just heard from the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, with Coach Lovell. One thing that Mayte mentioned, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. How do you do that? Here's Jonathan Taylor with his thoughts. It's super important, um, especially when you have a, a special player like they have um, under center. We got to make sure that we do our job uh, of just making sure that we limit him as much as possible. Um, not That's not just the defense. That's the offense as well because uh, we, we know he's a special player. Colts are going to need some long drives if they want to win the time of possession tally in tomorrow's game. A lot of the blame so far for the Colts. They are winless through the first two weeks. That all falls on the head coach. Here's Frank Reich. We should be questioned. We should be criticized. And uh, there should be, you know, what's happening. But inside, it's different. Inside, it's different. And it should be different inside. So we're, everybody's doing their job. Everybody's doing their job. And uh, it's going the way um, it normally would go as far as all the dynamics. We just got to play better football. In Major League Baseball tonight, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they blanked the Chicago Cubs 6-0 that game at PNC Park. Other action around the big leagues. These are finals. Yankees over the Red Sox 7-5. The Blue Jays defeated the Rays 3-1. Brewers 10, Reds 2. That game in Cincinnati. 
and the Twins by four over the Angels, eight to four. The Cardinals are losing to the Dodgers at the moment, four nothing at Chavez Ravine in the bottom of the third inning. All attention last night, though, Albert Pujols. It joins the 700 club. Pujols, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth, the only men in big league history to have the big 7-0-0. Minor League Baseball, the Indianapolis Indians, tonight at Victory Field, fall to the St. Paul Saints. It's a final of 6-3. I'm Brendan King with Network Indiana. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. College football today, Marion University, 45-7 winners Missouri Baptist, Mark Henninger joins me. Coach, thanks for the call. Congrats on the win. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, we just uh, actually just got back into town after the bus ride. Bus rides are always a little more fun when you win, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and I will tell you what, um, I I, I understand bus travel from my days back in the day. Uh, and, and you're 100% right. You guys just uh, came out and overwhelmed them uh, offensively, defensively. Um, you're playing really well, are you not? We are. I mean, we're, we're playing pretty good right now. I mean, obviously, we're still, you know, early in the year, and there's there's plenty of things for us to, to continue to build upon. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had we had guys today. I think our, you know, our defense played um, played really fast. We got put into a couple of, of difficult situations today, and we were able to, to you know, to, to come, you know, to get turnovers or takeaways, and, and um, you know, get get down. You know, I think we ended up with four takeaways, and and uh, or maybe three takeaways and four, you know, fourth down stops. So I mean, it was you know, defensively, you know, they played played fast, and you know, we they came out and and gave us a lot of different looks that we hadn't seen on film, and our guys were you know, able to come back to the bench and adjust and, and did a great job of communicating what they were getting. And, and so uh, really happy with that. Then offensively, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Zach Bundelow had a had a tremendous day, was throwing the ball really, really well. And, and uh, Ben Stevens um, kind of went crazy. So he had he had a huge day. Uh, he's disappointed. He, he fumbled. He got one punched out, and so he fumbled. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. He broke a right. school record today receiving yards, but – if you talk to Ben, he had a terrible day. So, which I guess that's good, right? Yeah, you like guys like that. Five hundred and seventy yards of total offense. I'd say it's a pretty good day for the for the Knights this afternoon. Yeah, we had uh, you know just we told our guys you know that they've got a really good you know Missouri Baptist actually has a really good defensive front. Um, they've got some talented defensive linemen. I felt like our our young offensive line. You know, did a nice job. Um, you know, obviously we had, you know, Zach was only pressured a couple of times, but you know, for the most part, he was able mm-hmm. to stand in there and and you know go through his read progressions and 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 again he you know threw the ball. So you know, for two, you know, really two games in a row here, really happy with you know Zach. He's, he's become more accurate and you know he's calmed down. And I think the game has slowed down a lot for him mentally, and he's able to see a lot more and and. Uh, you know, had you know, had some guys that that you know made plays when they had the opportunity, which is great. It is great, and uh, you know, you are one of those teams with the success you've had. You've won national championships. You've played for national championships. I have to believe that people uh, elevate their game when they try to play you, and the conference you play in is a difficult one. So to have a day like today, you have to be really proud of what your guys did. 
Yeah, and that's you know we're we're um you know we're pretty honest with that all the time with our players that hey you're you're always you know you're always going to get you know whoever you're playing you're always going to get their best shot right I mean you've got you know we've got we've sure. got a target on our back because you know we've had success in the past and um, you know but to our players to their to their credit I mean they, I think that they do they do a really good job at living in the moment you know and and understanding and I think we've we've had really strong leadership so far this year and I think that they've done. Uh, they've done a great job of, you know, of keeping everybody, you know, kind of singularly focused and on, you know, Hey, this is, this is what we have to worry about today. And, and uh, you know, we're not looking a week, two weeks, three weeks down the road. We're looking at, you know, what do we have to get done today? You know? And, and then um, when we get that done, then, okay, let's come back tomorrow and see if we can be better. And, and so our, our leaders have done a really good job, you know, of, you know, cause it, it, it's really easy to, you know, kind of walk around, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, with a big chest because of what teams in the past have been able to accomplish. And I, I think our guys have, have really done a good job of really figuring out that, hey, they're trying to, they're trying to add their, you know, their story to this legacy that, you know, that's been right. built by the guys before. So uh, it's been, it's been a good, um, you know, our guys, we're off to a good start. We got to keep it going. Well, keeping it going uh, next weekend, homecoming, that's always fun. Family weekend, uh, you take on Taylor next weekend uh, at your place. Mark Henninger, the head coach at Marion University today. They overwhelm Missouri Baptist 45-7. Coach, I appreciate the call. Glad we were able to hook up. My mistake, I screwed the last couple weekends up for you. So I'm glad you, you had time to join me. And I, and I wish you the best. You know that. I hope all, all goes well for you next week. Yeah, hey, I appreciate that a lot. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to do this, you know, for a lot more weeks here this fall. I'll look forward to it. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Coming up, more football. Top of the hour scoreboard update with Brendan King. And then talk a little I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Let's keep you posted on what's happening in West Lafayette right now. Purdue up by a point on Florida Atlantic, 21-20. FAU has the ball. The Boilers, again, this is at the start of the fourth quarter, do not have Aiden O'Connell tonight. O'Connell has a rib injury, so it's the UCLA transfer, Austin Burton, under center for Purdue, Burton, 18 of 25, two touchdowns and one interception. Dylan Downing leading the way for Purdue on the ground, 12 carries and 94 yards. So the Boilers are going to have to hang on here in West Lafayette if they want their second win. Notre Dame already won today, 45-32. Drew Pine, 289 yards. And Indiana falling to Cincinnati, 45-24. to Other action from around the state. It was Denison outlashing Wabash 45-42. DePaul big over Worcester 59 to nothing. Same case, UND 44, Ohio Dominican 38, Indiana Wesleyan 63. They blast Tr- Trinity 63-6. And Marion, they defeat Missouri Baptist 45-7. Other games from around the country that are of note. Number 25, Miami goes down to Middle Tennessee, 45-31. Number 22, Texas, they fall to Texas Tech, 37-40 in overtime. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. 
This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Brendan King with us on the scoreboard updates every 15 minutes. Give me a Purdue. I, 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 I was uh, busy. I hate to say this. I wasn't listening. So tell me about Purdue again. Yeah, Coach, they're in a battle with Florida Atlantic, 21-20. Purdue leading at the start of the fourth quarter, but FAU has the ball. No Aiden O'Connell tonight for Purdue, and quite frankly, Coach, it's showing offensively. The UCLA grad transfer, Austin Burton, under center for Purdue, and, you know, AOC, who, quite frankly, started the year, and some people were talking about Heisman aspirations for him. So you lose a guy like that, and you're probably going to struggle a little Mm -hmm. bit more, and Florida Atlantic obviously came into tonight ready to play. Yeah, they clearly did, and uh, opportunistic uh, group that they are. Um, so it's a, a one-point advantage for the Boilers heading into the fourth, right? One point, FAU with the ball. So, I mean, you're going to be holding on to your heartstrings if you're a Purdue fan here for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. Defense has to respond, create a turnover, convert for a touchdown. Easy peasy, women squeezy, right? Isn't that how it works? Well, if you were right, on the so sidelines later, coaching, we're yeah. We're talk about IU. Yeah, you know, you know, football was not my, you know, I played. Hey, but, that's okay. Uh, I'm a hoopster. Yeah, I'm oh, a hoopster. I know. It's I okay. Know. So, Notre Dame, uh, I'm going to talk with Lynn Clark in the 11 o'clock hour. Yeah. Big win, very impressive win for the, uh, the Irish today. Yeah, much needed, and I think it quieted a lot of heads, talking heads in South Bend, Coach. I mean, it just yeah. talking from experience. Yeah. I mean, I'll I bet s- your family was concerned. Well, when you're, Right, your family's concerned. They're big. They're big Notre Dame fans. They yeah. were concerned. Yeah, I, I, there was definitely some concern out of the King household, but I think even more so, Coach. I mean, up in South Bend, the South Bend Cubs, we broadcast our oh. games on the official home of Andy right. Football. So I mean, before and after games, when I'm waiting on the game to start, what's in my ear and the headset? Well, Notre Dame <laughs> football talk. So I mean, right. Coach, over right. the last over <laughs> over the last few weeks. I mean, I've heard plenty of, of uh, you know, hot takes and Marcus Freeman, is he ready? Is this, that? Is Drew Pine? Is Tyler Buckner okay? Is, you know, are the Irish going to have to go get a grad <laughs> transfer quarterback next year? I've heard it all, Coach. Right, so I, I, I right. think this win should at least calm some people down. <laughs> well, you love you love their passion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, you sure do. But at some point, you have, you have, to, be, yeah, you have to be realistic. Um, hey, it's hard for a first-year coach, first-year head coach, uh, to take over a Notre Dame program uh, when the previous – all you're doing is replacing a guy who won more games than anybody in the history of the school. Yes. Uh, that's a daunting task for a seasoned coach, let alone a first-year coach. And so uh, I tend to think that it's um, somewhat uh, unrealistic to think that a brand-new first-year head coach will have a seamless transition, irrespective of the program or the sport, to be honest. Having coached a little bit in my life, um, it takes a while to figure out what's going on. you got the X's and O's. Uh, that's the easiest part of your game. So, you know, there's that. All right, we'll catch up with you. Right, John Herrick from the IU Sports Network joins me. IU, tough loss today. Uh, very difficult loss for the – Hoosiers this afternoon against uh, Cincinnati, 45-24 the final. John, thanks. I bet the Hoosiers wish they had that second quarterback, do they not? Quarter was one that just got away from them. Oh, there you go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, There we go. 
I hear you, John. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah. yeah, I heard that. I heard you say something about the second quarter. Yeah. Well, they, that was clearly their downfall. My, my question was, I'll, I'll bet they wish they had that back, but that was yeah. one that uh, you get outscored 28-7. That's a difficult thing. Yeah, uh, and it was really – it came down to two key plays in the game. Uh, the, the, at the end of the first half, IU was down you know, 24-10 to 10 at that point, and a 14-point lead is not insurmountable, but then they gave up a late touchdown – and then they, with 22 seconds left, uh, they wanted to try to go out and be aggressive. And Connor Bazelak, unfortunately, got sacked. And then the ball came out, and Cincinnati returned the fumble for a mm-hmm. touchdown that made it 38 to 10. Um, we were talking at halftime, all of us on the radio crew, about what the largest comeback was in IU history. We 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 realized it was sometime back in the 1970s when they played Iowa. They came back from 23 down to do it. And when they scored a touchdown and get within 14 in the second half, we're like, okay, maybe maybe the Hoosiers can do this again. But um, it just was not to be uh, tonight. Cincinnati, uh, again, very good ball club. This this team was in the college football mm-hmm. playoff mm-hmm. last year. Um, their quarterback, Ben Bryant, was sensational. Uh, he completed 60% of his passes tonight, but he had an 80% completion percentage at halftime. So, um, yeah, the Cincinnati team was really good. They gave us, um, you know, a lot, a lot of trouble. And uh, but those two plays at the end of the second quarter just put us in too deep of a hole to to come out. And uh, the team did all they could to fight back. Uh, you know, Connor Bazelak just didn't have a lot of time. We have some injuries on the offensive line. I'm sure you know about Caleb Murphy, our third string center, um, right. who's playing now. And right. um, and I think uh, Parker Hanna's at right tackle, and and he didn't start out the season at right tackle, and Cincinnati's got a really good defensive line, and he and they gave those guys some trouble. So, um, got to put it behind you, and it's a good thing it's not a conference loss. It's not a loss in the Big Ten, uh, and you got a chance to bounce back against a uh, struggling Nebraska team next week that's fired their coach. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just uh, no no time to rest, and you know you got to rest, but no time to dwell on this and move on and get ready to face Nebraska. Yeah, you know, Bazelak is doing what he can, as you point out, you know, one of the key uh, turnovers. But uh, under duress, is, I think it's a polite way of saying it, uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit today. And, uh, you know, brand-new quarterback, brand-new scheme. He's in a tough spot, let alone needing more time to do what he needs to do. Yeah, uh, he had 13 quarterback hits tonight, and he was sacked five times. And that's just not – that's not conducive uh, to, no. to being able to win football games, especially when you get into Big Ten play. You've got to shore that up. But you know, I, I, they don't. I mean, Tom Allen was very um, honest about that in, in our post game discussion. He, you know, he said the offensive line's got to play better, and that's something that they're going to try to address and clean up in practice. And um, all off season, even when the team was two and ten last year. Tom was adamant in the offseason and talking about how we don't use injuries as an excuse and they're not going to start doing that now. So got to find a way to shore up. That that was the biggest thing. Got to get the pass protection uh, cleared up. When they were able to have protection, when they were able to pay, uh, you know, create holes for Sean Shivers and, um, you you know, uh, uh, the the other guys to run through, it worked out really well. So it was – you know Josh Henderson, the other running back, who was uh, who scored a touchdown as well. So when they were able to when they were able to uh, give the guys time, I mean they were able to they were able to convert. It's just that's going to be the biggest thing they got to shore up uh, before next week. 
Did uh, you get a chance to hear Coach Allen's reaction? I'm sure it was asked about their starts. I mean, uh, they've scored six total points in the first quarter of their first three games, and they score three today. Is there an explanation of what the starts are all about? Uh, he he didn't really. I mean, he just said we got to come out. We just got to come out better. We we have energy. The energy's there. Uh, just the execution it, it, mm-hmm, needs, mm-hmm. To be, it needs to be more precise. Um, What's interesting is they right. when they got down three nothing they played a bad they had an interception but then they came back and they got a field goal and it was three three and then the, then the then the secondary struggled there there were a couple of defensive lapses in the mm. second quarter that really mm. hurt them uh, and those were kind of uncharacteristic I mean they don't normally give up tons of big plays like that but today was a day where they had trouble defending right. it in the second quarter but then they got that corrected in the second half because the defense was a lot better in the second half so. Um, I think the, I think his, I think he thinks that as long as the passion, and the leo phrase love each other, that's what that's, you know, that's one thing he always talks about. As long as those two things right. stay in place, right. he believes the execution uh, will come. And I felt like the execution was, ironically enough, the execution was actually pretty was better to start the first half than it was to end the first half. Which you know we can't right. we haven't been able right. to say that in all of these games so far. So. But one thing is for sure, they got to find a way to play a complete game for 60 minutes. That's been that's been the hard thing so far. John Herrick from the IU Radio Network. John, thanks for the call. Hoosiers lose to Cincinnati 45-24. John, thank you. Have a great week. Thanks, Bob. You too. Coming up, we're going to continue to talk college football. Also, the Colts, Greg Rigstraw will join us coming up next. We'll talk about the Colts on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. The Indianapolis Colts and the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Nine times the Colts and the Chiefs have met since 2010. The Colts have six W's. And, of course, the last time at Arrowhead, on October the 6th, 2019, the Colts winning 19-13. to A lot has happened since that point. It will be Gus Bradley's first time going against Mahomes outside of the AFC West. Of course, Bradley saw Mahomes a bunch when he was the D.C. of the Las Vegas Raiders. And Bradley talked about you need to be efficient on third down defensively if you want to stop that generational arm. Winning on third down is a big part of us. I know we brought a lot of pressure on third down, or more so than usual, uh, this week. And then you got to win your one-on-ones. And, um, you know, we got we to gotta make sure we get to the quarterback and we got to play tight coverage to win on those third downs. Now, according to an article I'm reading right now, last year Mahomes had his two best passing days. Both times he saw Gus Bradley's Las Vegas Raiders defense. We'll see if that continues tomorrow. It is a different-looking Chiefs team, no more Tyreek Hill. Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy to watch out for. And Rod receiving core, of course, you need to keep an eye on Travis Kelsey, the big tight end. Big League Baseball, the Pirates shut out the Cubs 6-0. Right now, the Dodgers also up 6-zip on the Cardinals. That came in the bottom of the fourth inning in L.A. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Colts at home against Kansas City Chiefs. With me to talk about this and other things, he's the best at what he does, Greg Rakestraw. You know him from the ISC Sports Network and other various media outlets. I know him as my broadcast partner for 
IUPUI basketball, which is coming up right around the corner. Colts and Chiefs, Greg. Also, you've heard Greg throughout the uh, preseason. He was doing the television work. You'll hear him after the game. You can call in and talk to him and have fun on the post-game call-in show. So this is an extremely important game for the Colts, is it not? It is. Uh, you know, and I think Colts fans had hoped they would at least be at 1-1 one and one at minimum, if not 2-0 and oh going into this game. Um, but, but now there's a lot more pressure on this one, given how things have played out the first two weeks, and especially – with right. how dreadfully bad they were last week. I mean, let's not mince words. That was that was abysmal um, in, in how the Colts played in Jacksonville mm-hmm. last Sunday. So um, the competition gets tougher. Clearly the venue gets a bit easier, home cooking. You hope that makes a difference. But uh, the team that everybody <laughs> thinks about first in the AFC is the one that's first up on the docket. And, and amazingly, Colts haven't seen them in three years. Last time they played them, Colts won. Right. It was all the way back in week number five of 2019. So uh, let's see how the, how they fare again tomorrow afternoon. You know me. You've known me for a long time. I'm somewhat of a contrarian when I view some of these things. Two games in, uh, it's way too early to push the panic button, although fans tend to do that. Uh, it's a small sample size. But I, I wonder, I just wonder if at some point you're going to find out, uh, you know, this this may be the team. They, I don't think this is how they're going to play throughout the year. At least I'm hopeful that they won't play this way. But for right now, they have a multitude of issues facing them, do they not? Well, for the health of your friend, the postgame show host, I hope this is not the way they play uh, for the remainder yeah. of the season or I, or I will age quickly. Uh, over the course of, of the next 16 weeks. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 You'll and have hair looking like mine. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, if, if I keep my hair at all. Um, so I'm so surprised by what I've seen so far, just because I like the moves the Colts made in the offseason, at least from a free agent right. trade standpoint. Um, I, I knew there'd be questions about wide receiver depth, and when you see Michael Pittman Jr. not out there last week, he is, he is going to play this week. But you saw the impact his absence had, and it was massive last Sunday. Um, I had questions about the tight ends, and and they've not been overly productive in the first two weeks. But in the areas where I thought, hey, they're pretty good, even that's been concerning. You know, Yannick Ngakwe has not been a playmaker so far. Obviously, the impact of Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard now, being out, Mm -hmm. he'll be out again tomorrow. uh, That, frankly, it's been a bigger impact than I even thought it would. And that's not a knock on him that's what I think of guys like Bobby Okereke, EJ Speed, Zaire Franklin. I thought we'd see more of an impact from Stephon Gilmore, and we haven't seen that so far. You know, the offensive line is paid like one of the best offensive lines in the league. They didn't play like one of the best offensive lines in the league last week. So, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I thought was better in week one than he was in week number two. So, mm-hmm. so yes, it's, it's only mm-hmm. two weeks. In. Yes, there's 15 games left to go. And, yes, the Colts are a game out of first place because the AFC South – has had one team win a game in two weeks, and it was when two teams were playing each other last week between Jacksonville and Indianapolis. <laughs> but knowing how last season ended and knowing how much of a focus getting off to a good start was for this football team, the entirety of training camp, that's why people are so up in arms as to how they have played these first two weeks of the season. 
Well, and certainly we have expectations. Sometimes it's hard to live up to those expectations. You know my standard speech is the other team's trying to win too, and and yep. you're in the NFL, so you are a, a, have a certainly a, a a high level of ability, and they have good coaches and this, that, and the other. And so it's hard. I understand the anxiety and the angst that people are going through, but you're two games in. And, yeah, I think tomorrow is one of those barometer-type ball games that you can really get a legitimate feel for what this team is about. Listen, I don't want to say this is a must-win tomorrow because it's not. Because, again, even after tomorrow, you got 14 games left. And at worst, tomorrow, you're two games right, out of first right. place. Good, good chance you're only a game out of first place, regardless of what happens tomorrow, because everybody in the division seemingly plays good competition uh, you know, tomorrow. I just want to see the Colts be competitive. You know, and, and they were competitive – yeah. I'd say, you know, 35 minutes out of 70 against the Texans in week one. They were competitive for zero minutes in last week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is not exactly a moral victory. This is, okay, show me you can play. Show me that, that <laughs> you should be angry and upset and embarrassed by what mm-hmm. you did. And it beats one thing. Not showing up is a complete – that team had nine right. first downs last week, Bob. Nine in 60 minutes of NFL football. Um, I just want to see this team be competitive tomorrow because if you can compete with the Kansas City right. Chiefs, one of the best teams in the league, that tells me, okay, you, you can find some answers to what's been going wrong so far these first couple of weeks. The head-scratcher, as you point out, there are a number, but to me the head-scratcher is – the offensive line and the, and the um, breakdown of pass protection for a poor guy running for his life, it seems. Let, let, let's be honest. Okay, left tackle was a concern coming in, and that's not been strong. Uh, and Bernard Ryman, uh, who is the rookie, and I'm not sure he's really fully ready yet, he's not going to play tomorrow because of an ankle injury. So it's going to be Matt Pryor again. And I think what you're also seeing the impact of because the left tackle position wasn't what it had been the previous 10 years, and no Anthony Costanzo last year, mm-hmm. but you had a guy like Jack Doyle. And even if Jack's pass-catching ability or numbers had dropped off, he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. And so you're seeing the impact of turnover at left tackle and not having your best blocking tight end maybe in franchise history um, not being out there. And, you're, and that's going to be a problem. You're going to have to help prior at the left tackle spot. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, the expectations weren't the same for Matt Pryor as they have been for Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith. And I thought to skip over Danny Pinner, the three guys right. I mentioned, the three guys that are paid like the best at their positions in the National Football League, and they've not played like that so far. Uh, in professional sports, simply put, you have to live up to your contract. And I want to see those guys start doing mm-hmm. that as of tomorrow afternoon. Greg Raystraw with us. You know him from well, if you turn on a TV or have a radio, you've heard him or seen him. Uh, we're talking about the Colts and the Chiefs. Chiefs obviously come in, high-powered offense, Mahomes, everybody knows the whole deal. They're real. They're legitimately good. And so uh, this does put a lot of pressure on the good guys. Um, the pass rush has been something, you know, things that start up front right now in these first two games, offensive, defensive line, Things haven't gone well, and so there's another area where you're hoping for immediate uh, change coming up tomorrow afternoon. I will say this. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism as to maybe how conservative or how vanilla the Colts have played defensively so far this season. 
I actually think that's the way to play tomorrow. Um, you know, I think a lot of us thought with a Gus Bradley scheme that you'd see a lot more press man, a lot more single high safety in Julian Blackman. We've seen the corners play a bit further off than expected. I think against a Patrick Mahomes-led team, that's actually a good thing. In other words, Colts fans have been critical that there's not been many blitzes called. I don't think you're going to do that tomorrow. Again, you want to have six, seven sets of eyeballs facing Patrick Mahomes and make him go the short mm-hmm. yardage route, the four- and five-yard route, and, and not just gash you with these huge plays that he can create by buying time with his feet. So while maybe a lot of folks have had some question marks or, or, or scratching their head about schematics for this team the first couple of weeks, I actually think in tomorrow's game you might see more of the same in terms of how the Colts play it because I think that's the way you have to play a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. Yeah, because he can beat you with his feet, beat you with his arm. I think you know, we understand all that. All right, Greg Rakestraw, 1 o'clock, we'll find out some things. You are a very busy man. You've got um, Brownsburg and, excuse me, Ben Davis and Carmel next Friday night. How about that matchup? you got about a minute here. Uh, it's one of about six or seven different permutations locally that we can talk about saying that's a potential state championship game because that's the beauty of, I think, both 5A and 6A this year. There's a lot of good teams. There's no dominant team. Uh, and so, you know, you have to lump in Brownsburg, Ben Davis, Center Grove, uh, Cathedral in the southern half of the bracket, mm-hmm. um, Carmel and HSE in the northern half of the bracket, and say, hey, all of these indie area teams could see each other. And the good news is that most of them play each other during the course of the regular right, season. Right, HSE right. and Brownsburg play in week number nine. But BD and Carmel is a potential state championship preview coming up next Friday evening. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Let's get you an update from West Lafayette. 28-26 is the score. Purdue leads Florida Atlantic with three minutes and ten seconds to play in the fourth quarter. Now, Purdue does have the ball, but FAU has been a formidable opponent. LaJonte Wester, the big wide receiver from FAU, has nine catches for 90 yards and three touchdown scores tonight. No Aiden O'Connell for Purdue. Austin Burton, the UCLA transfer. He's a grad student getting the start for the Boilers. 21 and tw- uh, twenty-one of 29, three touchdown passes and one interception. On the ground leading things for Purdue, Dylan Downing, 15 carries for 113 yards. He has scored a touchdown. We will let you know when that goes final and if the Boilers hold on. 28-26, Purdue leads FAU. The Boilers can earn win number two on the season in minor league baseball the indianapolis indians fell to the st paul saints six to three the indians are the lone remaining team in minor league ball across the state that is left playing this year triple a goes longer than single a so the fort wayne tin caps are done and of course the south bend cubs after winning the 2022 midwest league championship colts and the chiefs tomorrow afternoon at lucas oil stadium the Colts 0-1-1 trying to earn victory number one coming up in the top of the hour segment. We will hear from both Matt Ryan and Frank Reich. I'm Brendan King with Network Indiana. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. 
by signing up to be an organ and tissue donor. You can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Once again, that website, driventosavelives.org. Brendan King, I heard your update this time. I don't know why, but I did. Uh, Boilers are hanging, right? Hanging on. Yeah, Coach, it's one of those weeks. I mean, this is going to be a gritty win if Purdue is able to hold on. But with two minutes and seven seconds left, Purdue has punted. Florida Atlantic's going to have an opportunity, Coach, to go try and score. So two minutes to go in FAU. Again, they're going to have a two-minute drill available. So we'll see what happens. How far How far do they have to go? Let's see. I'm pulling up the game cast. I will get you an answer on that shortly. But, uh, again, Coach, That's FAU all right. All right. has come out to play. It's a touchback, so if FAU will start at uh, the at their own 20-yard line. On the, okay. All right, so Boilers uh, without Aiden O'Connell. Um, what's the prognosis for uh, next week with O'Connell? Do we know, or is it just too early to say? I didn't see anything, Coach. That would probably be a text for rob blackman after the game but it's a rib injury and coach you know <laughs> look rib injuries usually are not suiting well on a week-to-week basis especially no, if they're cracked no. so um you know that's one that it, it might not even heal coach before the end of the season fully so Aiden o'connell i'm not a doctor but knowing the, those that have had rib injuries before you might have to play through right. some pain no that's yeah it's tough and, and it underscores what all of us intuitively know, and that is the quarterback is the make-or-break position on your football team. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you've got a trigger man who can play, you got a chance. If you if you have a quarterback who struggles, your team will struggle. Um, it's a, what's unique about the, the sport, and that's one of the unique things about the sport of football, is it is, it is dependent uh, to a large extent on one guy. I mean, you know, basketball. Yeah, it's great to have a, a star player, but you know, you can you can figure out ways to uh, overcome those things. But football, man, oh man! I mean, just just look look at what's going to happen tomorrow in the NFL. Go up and down the rosters, uh, and that's why they. And, and look, I don't begrudge the quarterbacks making that amount of money because so much is relying upon their ability to make plays. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Coach. And, you All right, know, Brendan King. Go ahead. No, yeah, no, I want you to brag about your South Bend Cubs again. No, I haven't given you enough. I haven't given you enough time to brag about the Cubs winning the championship again. Second time in three years for that. Second time in three years, indeed, Coach. Yeah, I mean, it was a heck of a playoff run. A little bit different because in 2019 you had to win three series to get a championship win. Minor league baseball has changed a little bit. Only four total teams. Went to the playoffs this year, which mm-hmm. just means you, the regular season, you couldn't emphasize enough how important it was that you had to win your right. division in right. a half to make the playoffs. So the Cubs did in the second half. And series number one, they beat the Cedar Rapids Colonels, the Twins affiliate, in three games. They took two of three, won game one at home, lost game two on the road, and then won that decisive game three in Iowa. And then coached the championship series against Lake County. I remember talking with you on the phone, calling in that, the Cubs and the captains had played mm-hmm. just one series against one another, and they split six games. They each won three ball games, so about as evenly matched as you right, can get. Right. Um, the Cubs they lost game one, coach, at home. Game one was a defeat, and they had to go on the road down one zero in a mm. three game series. Which, look, right. you got it. You got your backs against the wall. You got to perform. Right. And that's what right. happened. And and they won back to back games on the road in Lake County. A couple of just huge efforts. 
and Game 3 of the championship series that clinched it. Three big home runs, one from Owen Casey, one from Pablo Aliendo, one from Luis Verdugo. Put it in the bank, Coach. Cubs are champs. Brendan King, he's the man. Thanks. We'll talk to you. Coming up, short break. We'll come back, talk some more before the top of the hour scoreboard update. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football today on the small college side. We You heard our conversation earlier with Mark Henninger from uh, Marion University. They have a very impressive win over Missouri Baptist. How about the DePaul Tigers go to 4-0? and 59 nothing winners over Worcester. Big, big win. Very impressive win. UND on the road, 44-28 winners over Ohio Dominican. A lot of teams had the day off. Um, a lot of teams had the day off. Indiana State, uh, Butler, Franklin and Hampton. Anderson, um, one of it's you know that time of year where you're trying to. Rose Hallman uh, had the day off, so trying to get the uh, buys in at that particular time. So we'll have a, a lot more to talk about coming up later tonight. Paul Condry and I will talk about high school football. What we do every Saturday night uh, in the eleven o'clock hour is recap the previous night of high school football. So. Last night, week number six, in the books. So we'll talk about that. Um, if you start to do the math, tournament will start soon. The pairing show that Paul and I will be co-hosting is on October the 9th on many of these same great stations around the state, 5 to 7 p.m., live from the IHSAA headquarters. So that's coming up. And uh, some really, really good games last night. And Paul's going to kind of assess um, teams, you know, mid, at the midway point, so to speak, uh, where some teams are, who's played well, who's done exceptionally well, quite frankly. And so that's coming up a little bit later on in the show. Also, next hour, Dr. Lynn Clark from Irish 101 will join us talking about Notre Dame's win today. Very impressive 45-32 win over North Carolina. Offensively, uh, they were impressive. No question at all. Very, very impressive. So uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, they're, they're headed in, in the right direction. But they clearly were uh, offensively today. You heard our discussion with Brendan King about Purdue and their battle with Florida Atlantic. Um, boilers are still hanging on. Um, it, this one will be one of those uh, got to make plays defensively. Uh, funny how that works. Um, teams that win normally make plays. That's <laughs> it's it's a fascinating thing when you stop and think about it. So the Boilers without Aiden O'Connell today, a little rib injury, um, and so we uh, we're hopeful that the uh, that the Boilers can hang on. 28-26, 37 seconds left in the ball game and uh, be a, a gutty win uh, for the Boilers. Um, we'll just see maybe by the time we get through Brendan King's scoreboard update, we can have a final. That's all coming up on Network Indiana's Indiana.